What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, so this is my second time recording this today. I'm praying that everything works out for whatever reason. I've been having some system errors. Um, so let's see that this works out. Um, but definitely have a bit of a, a touchy subject. So for those who are only tuning in thinking they're going to get some drama, um, that's not the goal. Um, so if it does encourage you, challenges you, or the perspective that I'm, that I'm aiming to get across, if it if it brings to light something that you think Christians as well should address, be sure to like, subscribe, share, do all those things with your friends. You know, but I wanted to speak up on something. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I want to make it clear. This is going to ruffle some feathers. This is going to be a trigger for a few people. Um, but there's a reason for this episode. If you stick to the end of the episode, I'm sure you'll understand why there was a need um, to get into this. Um, because it, this is from a, a podcast that I love watching. It's called The Pivot Podcast. Any of the fellas that's listening to this podcast that are in sports, you probably heard of The Pivot Podcast. And I didn't want to grab a clip of their thing because that's something they do for business. I didn't know if I'd get like a YouTube copyright strike, you know, for taking any of their content. You know, so I'll just place the link in the description for you to check that out if that's something that you want to hear. But before I dive into the details, get into who the person is and all the things and what I want you guys to take into consideration, I want to give a special shout out um, to Abide for sponsoring today's episode. If you're a person like me, and the first thing you do when you wake up and you're grabbing at your phone, um, you should check out Abide Devotional app. That's an app that I'll place that in the description box as well, because I believe that this is one of the most soothing devotionals I've ever experienced. I'm not just saying that. If you listen to the guy, it sounds like the people that are on this app should be working at Audible, <laughs> you know? So they 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 provide devotionals that obviously you can listen to any time of day. You know, they, they start off around about two minutes, um, but I think it's a great way to start your day or end your day with the peace of God. So if you're a person who's constantly anxious or you're a person who's constantly having issues in regards to um, you know, anxiety, whatever, maybe some type of trauma or just so you deal with a, ho- a whole lot of stress, depending on maybe where you work. That's a great way to get in, you know, some time with God. So be sure to check that out. You know, for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash godly. You know, so get started now for your, your premium subscription discount. You'll get additional stories, meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co slash godly. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash godly to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Now for the reason why you are here, hopefully you ain't trying to get no drama, but I want to talk about the legendary Sonia Richards Ross. Um, this woman is an Olympic phenom, you know, about four gold medals, some bronze, some silver, uh, married to a former NFL um, Super Bowl champ, you know, very athletic family, very, um, very widely known. And, you know, I'm going to support my girl because she's Jamaican. She's running for America, but she got some Jamaican blood. So, you know, you know, as Jamaicans, we got to stick together. Um, but this woman went on a sports podcast, like I told you guys, and it's called The Pivot. Now, they're talking not just about that, you know, and women rights, talking about business, talking about how her and her husband met and all kind of things. So it was a very, very great podcast, um, you know, but she spoke about before she went to an Olympic, um, one of her meets overseas, I don't remember what country it was, she said, 
she went to that clinic, you know, that terminates pregnancies. I'm trying not to get my, my page, you know, get any strikes or anything. So if I sound like I'm beating around the bush, it's not because of fear or anything like that. I'm just trying to use wisdom with the Internet. Um, so she spoke about that. And I love the fact that no one was judgmental to her about it, because I think a lot of people, because of their view on it, they feel the need to bash people that have made that decision. No matter how bad that decision is, I should never think I'm better than anyone. You know, but they spoke to this woman and she's talking about her experience and she spoke about the darkness that came about after doing so, um, the shame she felt. Um, she mentioned, you know, when she went over there, she won races, but it was the fact that she wasn't able to celebrate because of the guilt that she was wrestling with. Um, and one thing she said that kind of struck me and is the reason why I felt the need to do this episode is the fact that she was saying she just never envisioned herself as a woman in that clinic, a woman making that decision. She said, uh, you know, being a Christian woman and having Christian values, I, I never thought I'd be the type of woman to do that. Um, so what, what she's basically saying is, in a nutshell, you know, she kind of put her career above that child. You know, so she sacrificed that child in order to get to her Olympic dream. She's always dreamed of being an Olympian. Now, when she's probably about 19 or 20 is when she was in college, you know, made that decision because despite how she thought she was being safe, her and her boyfriend were not safe enough, you know, that they still managed to get pregnant, you know. So that's one of the things, you know, let's start there. That's one of the tricky things about sin. It overpromises and under deliver, under delivers, meaning it'll tell you that, hey, there's some joy that's going to come out of making this decision, but then it leaves you with a lot of regret. Hey, go ahead, do it. Everyone is doing it, but then shame comes out of it. Hey, don't worry. No one will find out, but then you have to deal with guilt for the rest of your life. Oh, don't worry about it. God will forgive, and in the moment you do foolishness, now the enemy tries to bring condemnation and make you feel as though God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. You know, so I'm telling you, it's, it's a little bit of tricky, you know, the way sin operates. If you think about Eve, he did everything in his power to say, man, God doesn't want you to be like a God. He doesn't want you to get real knowledge. Look how beautiful this fruit is. Look how, look how attractive this fruit is. And the one thing God said, don't eat of, that's what he made them get their mind addicted to. He made her, the, the enemy deceived her to the point that she was desiring the one thing that God said to avoid. You know, so we have to be careful because the enemy will always play those tricks, you know, having her think that it's okay to do whatever I want, you know, and then, you know, all will be well in the end. But the point of the video wasn't solely about determination of the the pregnancy. The the issue that I had was the fact that not the not the human rights and gender rights and I know the, the the feminist movement are gonna leave the negative comments and all that and don't even listen to the rest of the video. Um, but I want you to understand that this woman says she was so burdened down with guilt and shame because she went to that clinic, but she doesn't mention the guilt and shame because of being in fornication. Stay with me before you get mad and, and, and click off the video. Why is it that you felt guilt and shame for getting rid of a child, but there was no guilt and shame when you were disobeying the scriptures that says to save sex for marriage? Why is it that you felt as though it was okay to ignore the parts of the Bible that you disagreed with and then still said, 
oh man, there's shame because I, I'm ended up with consequences that I didn't really want. Well, don't you think that's the reason why God said to save it for marriage? And it's not necessarily to say that about her specifically, but I think a lot of people, we get to the point that we start, we start asking God to forgive us of the big sins in our mind. We have a big sin scale, you know? Oh, that's not too bad. I could do that. Oh, well, oh, that's real bad. I can't do that one. And we have a scale in our minds on what we're going to do to honor God. And we ignore what God's word says. And we start creating our own God, meaning now we're worshiping self. That's the reason why children get terminated every day, because we place our convenience over that child. We place our desires and our will over that child God is trying to bring into the world. You know, so we see that it's such a dangerous place, you know, because she felt as though, man, I really sinned against God. And I didn't even know she was a Christian woman, but she she said she felt like she sinned against God when she did that. But there was no remorse that you were sinning against God, that you were sleeping with the person that you're dating. And I feel like that's a huge issue that's in the church, whereas people are doing whatever they want, um, living for God on their terms. Um, you know, I, I know a poem where my boy Ezekiel, he said, people avoid the conviction that comes out of the book of Romans. So they just sit there studying Psalms. There's some people that study the parts of the Bible that fit their narrative. They don't really want more of God. They really just want blessings. I want God's peace. I want God's direction. But you can't get that with, without obeying the scriptures. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. Read a few verses for you guys. It says, for this is God's will, your sanctification. <clears throat> Sorry about that, that unnecessary noise. I don't know how that just happened. <laughs> that you, for this is will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality. That each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we also previously told and warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject men. But God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Many people, when I say these things, they stop listening to the podcast. Many people, when I say these things, this guy's so legalistic. This guy, who do you think you are? You think you're better than them? No one thinks they're better than you. We all fall into sin, um, make mistakes in some way, shape, or another. But the scripture is clear. This is the will of God, your sanctification that you keep away from sexual immorality. But there's a there's an issue that many people aren't sorry until they get to that clinic. Well, God, forgive me that I got pregnant. Well, God, God, please forgive me that I got the STD. God, forgive me that um, and her period is late. God, forgive. And we, we we're repenting of the consequences, not the root of the issue. The root of the issue is the perversion that we allow to take root in our hearts. So we have to see that. There's too many, man. And this is, I'm not saying this to, to attack her by no means. This, I get nothing out of making someone look bad. My goal is not to make her look bad because I know of people who have done this. I know about this being common, even in church. Um, but it's the fact that I feel like we get to that point in church, whereas people are not realizing that God's word isn't optional. We can't just choose when we want to obey. We can't just choose the scriptures that work for us and ignore the ones that doesn't work for us because we are driven by our flesh, 
by emotions, by our hormones, allowing sex to be our God rather than the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have to be careful, man, because I know a lot of people, they serve this fairy tale Jesus, but I'm telling you that the Bible says in Isaiah that hell enlarges itself. You know what that means? Hell is expanding. Have you ever read any verse that it says heaven is getting bigger? No, because God has made enough space for any person who has ever touched a planet to make it into heaven. But hell is getting bigger. Why? Because it's accommodating more people. Accommodating more people that think they have it all together. And I'm not saying this to say that lady's going to hell. By no means. I, I'm not one of them, you know, religious, you know, crazy folks that are just like putting people in hell. But I want you to understand that hell is growing. And there's a whole lot of people... Like Jesus said in Revelation 3.16, um, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And I know a lot of people don't want to assume he meant into the lake of fire, but I'll leave that up to you. What A verse that I'll leave for you to examine is Hebrews 12 and 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Now, I know a lot of you think you're going to see God because you said a sinner's prayer. I'm going to see God because I got the best church attendance. I'm going to see God because I speak in tongues. I'm going to see God because I wear a suit. I, I got a long skirt on. Listen, it says, follow peace and holiness without which nobody going to see him. You're not going to see him if you're not following after peace and following after holiness. Man, that doesn't mean my righteousness does anything because the Bible shows us it's as filthy rags. But unless I'm following in his steps, unless I'm choosing to obey his scripture, unless I'm choosing to submit my will to his I should not be expecting to go to heaven. Why? Because I've been ignoring him my entire time on earth. I don't get why. Why do you want to go to heaven with a God who you ignored your entire life? Let's process that. You know, so we have to be careful, man, because the scriptures are clear. I mean, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, Tavares, ooh, you're coming on kind of strong, but... Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Tavares, are you saying it's based off our works? Tavares, are you saying it's based off um, because because I'm not having sex, then now I'm going to go to heaven? Or is my righteousness based on my purity? Are you preaching purity culture? I know a lot of you are going to twist scriptures. And you're going to say grace gives me the right to do what I want. That's not what you're going to say, but that's what you're thinking. But I want you to hear what the Bible says about grace, not what your pastor said about grace, not what Tavares thinks about grace, not what the viral TikTok guy thinks about grace. I want you to see what grace really does when it comes to scripture. In Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14, I'm going to read it in the Christian Standard Bible. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. This is where everyone stops for whatever reason. Salvation is brought to all of us because of grace. By grace are you saved. I don't have to be baptized and speaking tongues. No, like that's that's the type of foolishness we carry on with, right? Oh, it's all about grace and thank God for grace. But let me read you what Titus says about grace. It says, this grace appeared bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God, fam. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, 
eager to do good works. Tavares, stop, stop, stop preaching works, stop preaching works. No, the Bible says when grace steps in, it tells you you can't live like you used to. You can't just sleep around. God, forgive me that I'm about to get rid of this pregnancy. No, God had a problem before you even got to that clinic. Um, baby, put your clothes back on. Grace teaches you to close your legs. Grace teaches you, fellas, to, to, to stop touching women and stop doing all these things that you ain't married to. Grace will teach me how to be a godly man. Grace is aiming to teach you to be a godly woman. Grace is not just there so you can make it in heaven. Grace instructs us that we have to be consecrated. Everybody in church ain't obeying the scriptures. When I listened to that podcast, it it grieved me because I was just looking at it like, man, I feel so bad that sis had to go through that. But there's another part of the episode where you're like happily celebrating and talking with pride about all the wild sex you were having in college with your boyfriend at the time that your, your husband now, but boyfriend at the time, you were happy talking. You were, you were very vocal about sin. And, you know, I know a lot of people call it making love. Eventually you get married and God doesn't view it as you're making love, friend. You're, you're, you're making more sin. You're, you're making your spirit turn cold and callous to the things of God. And I know a lot of times this type of teaching, it makes so many people uncomfortable. But have you ever wondered why? Because it's not my tone. Because it's scripture. People don't want to hear scripture anymore. The Bible says, I believe it's in Timothy, that in the last days, man, people are going to be turned off by sound doctrine. Because what I'm saying to you, at no point have I judged this woman, but somebody's going to comment saying I'm judging. At no point did I condemn her. At no point did I say, man, how dare you get that thing? How, how dare you even get in bed with your husband? No. But people don't want to hear the fact that if you're calling yourself a Christian man, calling yourself a Christian woman... There are Christian expectations. In 1 Corinthians 5, Paul was rebuking sexual sin in the church. And what he said was, if there's somebody that you know of that calls himself a believer, he says he's not telling you to judge the people in the world or else you would have to leave the world because everybody is out there sinning. He said, but if there's a person who's a believer in the church and they go by the name, they, they profess, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm apostolic and they, they profess, oh, I'm I'm this and I'm that, you know, they have their theology down point. But you know that they're having sex outside of marriage. You know what the Bible says to do? It says to avoid them. It says don't even eat lunch with them. Paul went so far to say, don't even eat lunch with people who you know are willfully going into sexual sin and still telling people they're believers. Why? Because that's not God's will. And sexual sin is so dangerous. It it doesn't just harm your future. It doesn't just harm you right now, but it harms your future. So many people have turned away from God because they were in a sexual relationship they shouldn't have been in. So many people uh, feel like they don't have an identity. So many people, sexual sin ruined them, ruined families. Sexual sin ruined um, parent-child dynamics because of abuse. Sexual sin is always destroying something when it's if sex is not in, done in God's parameters. But a lot of times. We only we only feel sorry when it when we have to deal with consequences. And that's not good. So there are a few takeaways that I want you guys to get from this episode and why I really want to bring this up. Number one, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. You make sure that you follow Christ. A lot of you are gonna say, Man, there was my god this woman is a godly woman. She was sleeping with her man. They end up getting married, so why can't I? 
Um, I'm going to tell you why you can't. Because the scriptures say you should not. So just because that person ended up being married doesn't mean they were ever in God's will. Just because that person seems happy and, ah, oh, they got joy. You know they're in sin. But man, they never looked happier. That doesn't mean God approved of their relationship. That doesn't mean God is telling you that's the, the way to get there. So a lot of people compromise. And thank God we serve a merciful Savior because many of us would have killed ourselves, would have destroyed ourselves if it wasn't for God's mercy and God's grace. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, man, I don't know where I would be or you can't tell me you know where you'd be. Probably want to be listening to a podcast like this. But I want you to understand that not everybody is obeying scriptures, meaning you should not be willing to trust every person who just goes by the name of Christian your denomination, just because they call themselves apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist. You don't just trust people just because they have a title. We have to be so careful because it's very easy for us to let our guard down, even though the scripture says, test every spirit. We have to, does this align with the word of God? So this woman says she committed that action, but she said, I'm a Christian woman. Is that the actions of a Christian woman? And if it doesn't align with scripture, you don't emulate that. I'm not saying you condemn her, but you don't emulate, you don't copy those type of characteristics because there's so many people who do call themselves Christians. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves about these secular pastors that are out there, these worldly pastors, these carnal pastors, these pastors. That, and I'm not even against people I post listening to secular music, but the ones who who always post it on the page and it's like you're endorsing it. It gives your your congregation, your audience, your following people who look up to you. It gives them a license to do foolishness. Um, my friend Victor Jackson says, what one generation does in moderation, the next generation will do in excess. Because all it takes is your pastor to take one shot on social media for you to think, oh, let's go turn up. We could do that. Pastor doing it, so I'm going to do it. That's all it takes. Even if pastor never drunk another day in his life, he gave everyone access to think that was okay. So I want you to understand, not everybody's actually living for God. Some people attend church, but not everybody in church is living for God. The second thing, we shouldn't condemn women who have made that decision. Extend mercy. It's like, I don't know why we are so quick to condemn people. Extend mercy. The same, Because a lot of times we condemn the woman who went to that clinic. But you know how many women didn't have to go to the clinic they could just because they didn't get caught? How many men helped that woman? Be the, be the reason why because you left her she ain't know what to do you know she's she's all on her own and she left because she thought she was going to have help and didn't have any help and then made a rough decision some people they didn't have the financial assistance they didn't have the 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 knowledge or the whatever it is to take care of that child so they felt like that was the best thing they could do it'll never be justified but it doesn't mean you have a right to condemn these people the woman caught with adultery these guys are like hey we just caught that woman in the very act. It's time to stone her. Jesus looks at him. He's like, yeah, y'all right. It is in the law that we should be stoning these people that get caught in adultery. But you know what? How about the first person? Yeah, you, go, you guys go ahead and examine yourselves, right? So if none of you have any sin in your life, boom, grab the biggest rock you could find. Beam her straight in the forehead. Listen, if you're perfect, throw it right at her. Boom. I, guys, go ahead. Have at it. He nails down and. Obviously, this is the ghetto Tabar's translation. He nails down and, you know, starts riding in the dirt. He looks back up and nobody's there. And it's just like, hey, sis, where's everybody who was supposed to stone you for, for your sin? She was like, you know, nobody's here. And he, who was, where are the people that are supposed to condemn you? They're all gone. And he says, neither do I condemn you. 
And then he tells her, go and sin no more. So he lets her know there's mercy for you. Just don't go back to that lifestyle. Don't go back to the type of same issue that you just needed grace from. So obviously, we don't want to make these women feel as though it's okay, do whatever you want. But you do, but they'll never, there's no point of you saying go and sin no more if you didn't first show them mercy. First show them that none of the people that are looking down on you are perfect. You know what I mean? I'm not endorsing it. You know, it's all, it's, I don't think it's ever a good idea. You know what I mean? You know, so obviously health reasons and all those type of things to come into consideration. I'm not one of those people that just, if you do this, you're going to hell. I'm not one of them psychopath Republicans or some insane um, Democrat or whatever. I, I don't, I don't care about politics. It genuinely means nothing because neither party saves and both party are evil. So I want you to understand, don't condemn these people. They made a tough decision they have to live with for the rest of their life. That's not something they need more people hitting them over the head about. That's not something that we need to be adding fuel to that fire. That's not that's not the Christ-like thing to do. And the third thing I want to say is that, and this was probably mainly for the women, or even for some guys who are out there, you know, running through ladies and then leaving them, you know, but human life is precious to God. I know a lot of times we we condemn the child because of how the child was born, but even how the child was born just because you weren't born in a favorable condition doesn't mean God never had a plan for you. In Jeremiah 1.5, God says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Meaning, before your mom met your dad, I knew all about you. Even if it was a, a product of an abuse, incest, a, a type of relationship that no one is proud of. God said, I still knew you. I still had a plan for you. Still ordained you to have a purpose in this world. A lot of us, we, I think we don't understand that, you know, because uh, my parents aren't too saved Christians. That doesn't mean anything. You don't need a great history in order for God to have a plan for your life. That means nothing, you know, but on the flip side, I do want to make it clear when you sin, God is not pleased with it. Like David and, you know, when he sinned by taking in with Bathsheba, he got that woman pregnant. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel 12 and 15, God is the one who made that child get sick. And God let that child die because David needed to repent. And it was after David repented, we see in 2 Samuel 12, 24, and David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and laid with her. And she bare a son and he called his name Solomon and the Lord loved him. When he did things right, after a place of repentance, after now you're in a covenant with this woman, now I can, God will be, God is able to love the fruit of what you're doing. But I want you to understand that even those who have had children out of wedlock, that doesn't mean God doesn't love your child. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't love your child. Don't allow pressures of this world to cause you to get rid of something so precious. Um, I definitely think it's very, very easy for you to give up and feel as though, man, no one cares and you know, this is going to ruin my life, but don't look at it that way. You know, it's so many people. And I feel like this triggers me more, especially because the black community is so many terminations. And, you know, it's just sad. It's just sad that this is what's really destroying our world. Um, but I want to make it clear that God still has a plan for that child. So I want to wrap it up by saying a few things. Like I knew a church. I heard of a church. I'd, I'd never been there, but I heard of the pastor speaking. Pastor said there was a woman who came up to him, you know, she was very burdened down because she had, you know, got rid of her baby in the past. 
And she really felt like the best way she could deal with that is to start a ministry in the church. And it's like, hey, can we do something anonymous? They'll meet up at a certain place. For any woman who's probably gone through that, just want to be a place of encouragement, like an alcoholic anonymous type of thing. I just want to be a place, a source of healing, a source of hope for the for for any woman who may have gone through that. Uh, the story goes that they made an announcement at church. And they said that when they got there that night, that place was packed. Now, I know a lot of you may not believe this happens in church, but it does. Plenty of women, plenty, have done that. And it's not to shame them or any of those things because only God knows what led to that decision. It's sad. It's unfortunate. It's in the past. You know, we're not going to hold anyone's past against them. can only just hope that we won't make that decision again in the future. But my point is... There was someone who had a burden for those type of women in the church. And what we really need is a burden and love for those type of people in church. Because there are so many people in church that don't feel as though they're loved because of that issue. They don't feel like God loves them and they don't feel like people will accept them if they hurt. But we have to be a source of healing in the church. It doesn't matter how how many times they did it. It doesn't matter if they did it because it was with somebody else's spouse. Listen, all those are terrible sins, but it's like... Let's not shame people. The church has to be a place where people can find not just deliverance from sin, but healing from that sin. Because a lot of times we jump and shout and dance and we ain't healed. Still dealing with trauma. Got to be careful, man. You know, don't don't judge anyone. Um, This was an episode that I wasn't even going to do this week, but it really pressed on my heart after watching that that podcast. Um, The link will be in the description in case anybody wanted to see it. But... What are some things, you know, to wrap this up, what are some ways we can encourage women to not take that route? And don't just say, tell women not to have sex before marriage, because I've been telling them that on this page for 10 years, and I know people that follow me ain't listening. So what are some other ways that we can encourage people um, to not go that route? And for people that have went that route, what are some ways we can help these women um, still feel like they have hope beyond making that poor decision? What are some things the church can do? Like I just mentioned an example, but what are some other ways... Um, the church can, you know, meet these women at their point of need. Um, because a lot of women, you know, whatever, would you be a person that adopt children? I know my wife and I have considered it and that's not something we have off the table. We'd probably do that in the future. What are some ways the church can step up in regards to these scenarios? Um, and obviously none of this is so anyone can unfollow that lady. I still love her as an athlete. I don't know what else she does, but I'm, we're not looking down at anybody who made those decisions, but we have to understand it's real life. Unfortunately, a lot of people made that for, for some very difficult reasons. And it's not because they're all demons and, and heathens. And let's stop the name calling. Let's just love people. Um, my voice is getting raspy. It's getting late. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to support the channel, go ahead and shop gollydating101.com. Join us on Patreon. We try to get some weekly, bi-weekly Bible studies whenever we can. Get some Q&As and stuff like that. Um, but I appreciate all you guys that listen. And until the end, be sure to comment in the comments below. I'm curious on how we handle this situation going forward. Love you guys. Peace.